Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,911. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Hilton Head Island Concord Elegance and Motoring Festival. It takes place November 5th, 6th, and 7th on Hilton Head Island. To learn more and get your tickets, go to hhiconcord.com. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Hilton Head, South Carolina, with a very special guest by the name of Mark I know a guy named Mark Pikarski. Mark, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready to go, Mark. All right, we'll have some fun. Now, what I should have said is, are you ready to ring the bell? Because we're going to be talking about one of your passions, which is old fire trucks. But before we do that, would you share one little thing with us that maybe most people don't know about you, Mark? Well, as much as I grew up in the auto industry... I actually wanted to be a professional photographer in high school, and I ran a small part-time business uh, up into the college years in photography. Oh, cool. And since then, I've kind of ditched it. <laughs> my, my wife's a much better photographer, actually, than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it interesting? I love photography, and I got into it when I was in high school. I was on the yearbook staff, and I really got into taking pictures and got a fairly decent camera. And gosh, I've taken so many pictures over the years, but one of the things that these little mobile devices has done is it's made me a little bit lazy, I have to admit. Uh, I have all this camera gear, and I just don't carry it anymore. Uh, these, phone, these phones are incredible. Exactly, and I, I just don't enjoy, I'll say, creating, creating the image with the phones like I did with an old uh, SLR camera, they call them. But yep. those days are gone by. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it's made for expert photographers out of everybody, and I think it's kind of dumbed down people on what good photography is because <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. uh, everybody's an expert. But, uh, you know, I might get back into it one of these days. I like these new mirrorless cameras, and I've, I've been talking about buying one for years, and then I wait a year, and a better one comes out, and a better one comes out. Kind of like computers. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll get back into that. But for now, let's talk about you. So let me give you a proper introduction. Mark Pekarski is a car guy who grew up in the automotive industry, as he said, and he built a lifetime career around automobiles. He worked for years as a Toyota dealer and then changed direction in the mid-1990s by developing a chain of collision repair centers in southern New Hampshire. His hobby in car collecting began with an antique fire engine, and over the years, he's owned 10 of those trucks, and that collection morphed when he met his co-pilot in life, Linnell, who is also a real car gal. She encouraged him to change the inventory to cars so they could regularly drive to events rather than the few parades that they could partake in, and today, they both own five collector vehicles and one fire truck. He couldn't let that one go, and Mark is actively involved in promoting the car enthusiast enthusiast hobby on Hilton Head as president of the Low Country Oyster Motor Driving Society, which is the founding club of Hilton Head Concord Elegance. Very cool. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Mark, but first a word from our valued sponsor. So give him a little listen, ring the bell, and we'll be right back. 
The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors inside your car. And the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install. And they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom-made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah, American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Mark. So we're back. So I want to dive a little deeper into the corner. Kind of take us through a brief history of your career, if you would. And then kind of morph that into the Low Country Oyster Motor Driving Society. What a title. What that all means, how that was created. And then we're going to dive into the Hilton Head Concours and Motoring Festival, which is coming up, that is filled with some incredible activities. So, Mark, grab the wheel. Yeah, basically, as I said, I grew up in the uh, automotive business. My dad was a Chrysler Plymouth dealer years ago had and had multiple franchises. And uh, in the end, I uh, ran the Toyota dealership for almost 20 years. And at, at an age of 40, I was going, am I sure I want to continue doing this? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my dad really didn't have a plan to sell, uh, I'll say, sell me the dealership. And really wasn't interested at that time. So I actually uh, convinced him. I said, you know, I'd been looking at the collision business back then uh, for a while. We had a, a body shop in the dealership. And I ended up actually just buying the assets of the uh, body shop from my dad, 
moved it to another location, and then uh, grew it to another three uh, three locations in southern New Hampshire over the last 25 years. And my son currently is uh, looking, and we're working on a plan for him to, uh, I'll say, buy me out so I can fully retire. <laughs> nice. Well, it's a, kind of an all-in-the-family adventure there. Well, you know, I think that's pretty cool. You went through, I guess, what we some of us call a midlife crisis, where you kind of think, you know, maybe I want to do something different with my life. And uh, my hat's off to you for building a franchise of uh, repair centers. There's always going to be people crashing cars, right? As long as they drive like maniacs, <laughs> yeah. as, as they do. Yeah, <laughs> as they do. Well, I think that's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about Low Country Oyster Motor Driving Society. Very interesting title. It, it is an interesting title, an interesting club. I've been a member for uh, almost 10 years. The uh, the founder, uh, a gentleman named George Seibel, uh, was still around in those days. And uh, me- I was fortunate to have... have having to meet him and uh and the club uh as i found it had a lot of uh, i'll say a, a variety of cars car owners with a variety of cars in it and they uh and they really stressed on more of being more of a social group than a car show group i'll say mm-hmm. on hilton head and what i found was the uh, george had created the club as a hopefully as a mirror image of a club out of New York City, which he was a member of that club called the Madison Avenue Sports Car Driving and Chowder Society. The Chowder Society. Oh, yeah, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> and in coming up with the name, I guess he said he wanted something to do with chowder, but he thought, I'm not going to use the word chowder. And he came up with oyster and thus the Low Country Oyster Motor Driving Society <laughs> in Hilton Head. It's a great, and, uh, it's a great name. Yeah. I love it. And they actually, this New York group uh, had some, I'll say, elite gearheads in in the day, such as uh, people like Art Peck, uh, Paul Newman, Chris Economaki, if you remember him. Oh, yeah, the famous voice. Yeah, of ABC Sports, yeah. Yeah, exactly. ABC Sports, Motorsports, Walter Cronkite was a member, and uh, Janet Guthrie, who's, I think, was she the first IndyCar racer, I believe? I believe so. Yeah, woman IndyCar. So there there were a lot of... uh, I'll say heavy hitters, for lack of another uh, word, uh, in the Madison Avenue Club. And he was influenced by their camaraderie and just the fun the car people were having and loved the club. So uh, I guess in 93, he founded, I'll call it LOMDS, Low Country Oyster Motor Driving Society in Hilton Head. And uh, he chaired several, I'll say, motoring festival and pre-concourt level events uh, on Hilton Head. And uh, in networking with other folks on Hilton Head, he actually ran into a gentleman called Bob, named Bob Rada, who's talked to him about a concours in Dallas, Texas. So it was a major fundraiser for the orchestra there. So in 2001, he and Bob brought together the symphony board with George's car guys in the club. And in 2002, I think that's the day of the year that they had the first motoring festival concour type event in Hilton Head was held. Nice. And it, and again, it was a fundraiser for the Hilton Head Symphony at that time. Well, things really accelerated quick. And by 2005, they actually hired then-president Carolyn Van Agel, who uh, retired about what, two years ago, I think, from our concour as the executive director. 
And the rest was history with the motoring festival and the Concord Elegance becoming uh, on Hilton Head, one of the top three Concord events in the U.S. today. Oh, yeah. It's tremendous. Uh, it's a wonderful event. And you, you created a, a wonderful segue for us to talk about that event. Uh, now, it's uh, over the course of three days, which is a rare for a Concord. There are a few Concords that do this around the country. This is one of those. And some of the things I know that are going to be going on is there's going to be a flights of fancy aeroport gala on friday night is that right exactly and that's uh that's a fun event uh it was introduced several years ago and i have and again i have not been directly involved with the uh, i'll say the uh, the board and the concord planners uh in these kind of events but i thought it was a brilliant idea to bring together the airplane enthusiasts with auto enthusiasts oh, yeah. and it basically uh, friday Friday evening is a, uh, I'll say, a high-end cocktail party with uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres amongst antique, uh, I'll say, classic cars and classic airplanes. You know, it's really a fun combination. What comes to mind is the jet party during Car Week down at Pebble Beach, uh, yeah. you know, that uh, Craig put on. And then also there's a great event, uh, the Cavallino event, which I've been to many times in Florida, where it's all about Ferraris primarily, but they do have a great evening, same type of thing uh, at the airport there, the jet center uh, with jets. Sometimes they'll bring in old airplanes and Ferraris will park around them. So it's a really fun way to combine that. And then you've got a car club showcase it's happening on Saturday. I assume that involves a lot of car clubs being able to bring in all the cars and show, show them. That's exactly where our, our club gets involved. They actually have uh, at least 200, 200 cars on display on wow. Saturday amongst uh, basically about 20 car clubs in the, in the area. So you get a whole different uh, venue of vehicles Saturday and Sunday at the Hilton Head Concourse. Very nice, very nice. Now, this is all in November, which in South Carolina, weather's still typically pretty darn nice in November. Yeah, I mean, in the, I'll say, 10 years I've been around it, I think we've only had one Concours event on a Saturday, anyway, was cold, cold, rainy, and <laughs> if you were there, you said, nah, when is this going to be over? <laughs> yeah, of the that happens weather. sometimes, so, but... So that isn't too bad. No, yeah. it's not too bad. I'll tell you, one of the years I went to Cavalina was the only year that I, I took my wife along with me. And uh, it was the, like the one year it rained, it was cold. And she said, well, this wasn't very much fun. <laughs> and I go, really, honey? All the other years, it was beautiful and sunny. It's Florida. You know, I mean, it's the way it is in January in Florida, unlike where I live, where it's pretty much dark and gray and raining that time of the year. And then you've got uh, an event on Saturday also become, uh, this called Design Among the Stars. That's a fun event. We've gone for several years now, and they bring in four or five automotive designers for a, uh, I'll say, a charity dinner. And the designers, at the towards the end of the dinner, will design your vehicle or or whatever vehicle of your choice for an auction bid to design on a cloth dinner napkin at the event. Oh, how fun. So, so it's draw it's drawn out and uh we were fortunate to get uh Jay Ward in 2017 I think. Uh we were fortunate to ha uh, actually win an auction with uh Lightning McQueen on a napkin that he drew at at the event. So how it's fun. a lot of fun to see the, see these designers actually sketch out vehicles or in Jay's Jay's end the pixel yeah, the Pixar movie, which we all know about for cars, which is cool. 
Well, that's a great segue into the creme de la creme, which is Sunday, November 7th, the Concorde Elegance. So tell us a little bit about, from your experience of attending other Concorde events, what the Hilton Head Concorde is like. I think that one of the most appealing things, it's uh, there's a lot of space, people, uh, a lot of space for a lot of people to attend, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, amenity, uh, a lot of amenities as far as uh, food service, food service cocktails, you name it, that I think, uh, and I, only other major concourse I've been to is Amelia, to be, to be fair, and uh, I, sh- I shouldn't judge the two. They're really two different concourse. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think one thing Kilton Head tries to do is really express their southern hospitality at it. And, uh, and the thing I enjoy about it, having been around the car business all my life, is every year I go and I see something I, that I had no idea whoever manufactured or something new that I said, I had no idea a car like this was ever made. Well, that's what Concours events are all about, which is so fun. You see things you would never see. What, in your impression from your experience there, what what is the range of cars that we see going back to the earliest cars and then the most recent cars they have on the lawn? Well, your earliest, you're saying, I'll say 1900. Wow. All the way up to, quite frankly, a lot of the... uh, I'll say car dealers have some of the newest models on display as well in their own, I'll say their own uh, uh, separate displays from the Concorde. But, uh, uh, but basically, yeah, oldest, oldest going back to 1900. I'll wow. say so some of the really early, early automobiles. And one interesting thing, I think we're having a, uh, a display of early electric vehicles too this year. You know, what's cool about that, Pebble did that this year, Pebble Beach Concours. Uh, they had some amazing old electric cars. And with the onset of EVs, of course, this is appropriate time. And, and what's cool is a lot of people will go and they'll see these old electric vehicles and they'll go, they made electric vehicles back then? And I always say, well, the first car that uh, Ferdinand Porsche did was electric. And people will look at me like, I'm crazy. What? How could that be? So, yeah, everything old is new again, right? Exactly. Now, a little side note from my interest in old, I'll say old fire apparatus. Actually, in 1911, can't remember the manufacturer, but they were tinkering with electric powered ladder trucks at that time. Mm, very cool. Well, things. So, so it goes way back. No doubt we'll be seeing electric fire trucks in the uh, future as well. <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm sure I'm sure that'll happen for sure. I'd love to talk about a driving inspiration for you, Mark. Um, a key mentor in your life, someone that helped you be successful, maybe someone who was very influential, important in your life. Who would that be? Boy, I'd say one of my mentors way back was a gentleman called Tom Peters. And uh, he, he wrote a book called In Search of Excellence. And that came out, I believe, in the 80s and things. And it, uh, but it really portrayed business, uh, businesses that were highly successful and what they did. But some of the simple things that uh, basically in customer service, paying attention to the customer, things like that, that don't disappear in whatever industry you're in. I mean, the customer really comes first. Uh, take care of them. I think he was really a mentor and idol. But and unfortunately, never met him or went to a seminar, but read several of his books over the years. I'll say days with Toyota growing that dealership. It was I think it was instrumental to getting that dealership to being one of the top five in the New England region, New England region back in the day. Are you familiar with uh, Carl Sewell and his, his Customers for Life book? 
Yes, yes. Yeah, that was another one that I read in the business I helped build. Uh, we weren't in the automotive uh, car dealership business, but we were in the automotive business uh, at Griot's Garage. And that book really helped us in the customer service area because we were originally a catalog business before the onset of computers and online and internet. And we had to interface with customers from all over the country on the telephone. And it helped me train our customer service people to be better at helping people and uh, making sure they became those customers for life. And, and, and that's, I think, what, it, what it's all about to building a successful business is that constant training and improving, mm-hmm. really build that customer for life, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. Very important. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge. So keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Linkage, it's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion, and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. So, Mark, let's talk about this uh, big obstacle, maybe a challenge, maybe even a big failure that you face. The most important part of this question, though, has to do with the lessons learned so you can move forward in a positive way. So take us on a little bit of a, a bumpy ride, if you would. Bumpy Ryan was this, and, and family businesses can be difficult, but the largest challenge in my life back in the day was working towards, I wanted to really take over and own the family dealership, which my effort in that failed. I moved on, as I said earlier in this podcast, because dad simply didn't want to sell. And he actually went to his deathbed with the dealership, but that's another story. But it worked out in the end because my transition into what I did in automotive being a collision business grew enormously. And applying many of the lessons I learned in the dealership business, it's been very successful for all these years. And as much as I thought I wanted to be a car dealer back in the 90s, I'm real happy now that I didn't because the industry has become so difficult today. Now with supply shortages, you hear factories shutting down, things like that, which I used to lament that uh, car business was rough because you had world affairs would affect it back in the 80s and 90s. But today it's just one thing after another. So I feel good. I got out of it and moved into a different industry, still automotive. And uh, again, <laughs> you, collision business is a fabulous business. 
work with insurers. As long as people drive as, as terrible as <laughs> Yeah, business. (laughs) Yeah, you know it's a silly thing, but yeah, that that nepotism thing can become a challenge and a problem, and sometimes a shadow. I've had plenty of people on this show that have had to deal with that, and they've dealt with it in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's worked really well. Sometimes they've gone off on their own. Um, I've got a thing for you though, going off on your own and building your own brand and being successful with that, and now being able to hand it down to your son, or as he's going to buy that brand from you, or however that works out, must be very rewarding for you because that's something you wanted to do initially with your father. It, it is. And, and hopefully, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a long thing to work out, but I think we're working it out and, uh, and in a different, you know, in a different way. And that's a good thing because, uh, again, part, I think part of the issue, and I understand now that my dad has passed years ago, is I was the oldest of six kids. So he was concerned about, I think, taking care of everybody in the family. So I kind of get why he wasn't ready. I have two sons, but only one in the business. So it's not uh, it's not as difficult for me to consider, uh, I'll say, uh, working out a plan for uh, succession. Ah, that makes sense. You know, I want to talk about a special vehicle in your life. And uh, I mentioned early on, we got to learn a little bit about this fascination you have for fire trucks and fire <laughs> engines. Well, where did that come from? Well, that is a, that is a funny story how I, how I got into old old vehicles. It was a slow, slow night in retail. Uh, when I was, uh, before I actually was running the full dealership, but running sales. And uh, I'm reading a local paper and I see an ad from a neighboring town for a 1947 ladder truck up for bid. So I'm thinking, ah, what, what could that be worth? And I talked with a coworker and he says, oh, it's gotta be worth like 10 or $15,000, so on a lark, I sent in a bid for $1,000 for this uh, fire truck bid. And this was in uh, the springtime of that year. And I got busy during the summer, actually forgot I even sent the bid. Well, August 1st, I get a call from the fire chief that I was the only bidder. I won the bid, come get my truck because there are new trucks coming in next week. So here I am with a 1947 ladder truck with a open, full open cab, like a convertible. Uh, it measured 37 feet end to end and had a 65 foot hydraulic aerial ladder on it. Wow. <laughs> so for, it was a lot of fun for about a year or so for a thousand dollars. And, uh, I, I played with it, drove it around, uh, Nothing special, did a few parades, and then uh, decided it was busy and uh, decided, hey, I'll sell it. I put it in front of the dealership, uh, sold it for $1,000 to an actually retired fire chief in another neighboring town. Cool. So it, it continued in the fire service. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, kept on going. Well, you know, old fire trucks are so much fun. And are you familiar with a gentleman out in the West? He's in California by the name of Gary Wales. I am not. Oh, you got to learn about Gary Wales. Gary was a guest on the show. I've known him for a long, long time. And what he has done is he has built a series. He's up to number eight. He takes old fire engines that he finds in fields and derelict. I mean, sometimes they're just a chassis and an engine. And he builds these magnificent vehicles he calls Labistionis. 
And he, uh, I don't even know how to describe them. They're something that are completely out of this world. Uh, you just look up on Facebook, Gary Wales, or go to the Car Show website. You can listen to him talk. He's quite a character. Uh, his most recent one, which he took to Pebble, was, again, number eight. And these things are crazy, but they start as old fire trucks. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he just builds these new bodies around them. They are beasts. That's for sure. So I think Gary's somebody that that you've got to meet. When I ask you about a special vehicle, is there a special vehicle in your life, one that stands out from from all the vehicles that you've had? Boy, you know, that was a tough one. Not really. I, it's like the the assorted uh, ver- the variety collection that Linnell and I have. Uh, I get, we get that question quite a bit. And they all drive differently, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mechanics are different. Our oldest is a 1922. Our newest is a 2002. Wow. So, uh, so I enjoy. Uh, I actually I gravitate more towards the older, older vehicles. If you said there's uh, something special, and actually in the Concorde, if you find me milling around among vehicles, it'll be those early 1900 vehicles. I just admire the ingenuity back in the early day in development of automobiles. Going, you know. They, it was just so so advanced at the time, but a lot of metal. And, and yeah, yeah, they were just fun fun vehicles back then. The one fire truck that you still have in your collection, what is that? That's actually a 1929 Seagrave. Uh, it was one of the last trucks I bought, and uh, uh, found it in upstate New Jersey online in the year 2000. Yeah, I think it was the year 2000. And a gentleman owned it. Uh, He was an executive in New York City. He'd found it on the side of the road in Pennsylvania for sale. It it wasn't too bad a shape. But the interesting thing about him was when I went to visit him to talk about buying it, I opened the hood. And I'm not an expert mechanic, but I know the basics. And uh, I pull out the dipstick, and he looks at me and says, is that the dipstick? (laughs) And I said, yeah. He said, and he just threw his hands up. He said, hey, I just give it to Joe's Garage once a year. They flatbed it up there, and I say, do whatever you have to do and bring it back to me. And I said, how long have you had this? He said, 15 years. I said, God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if you have a great mechanic, sometimes that's the best way to go if you're not somebody who who likes to uh, wrench and everything. But the the Seagraves are quite ornate fire trucks. I mean, they're beautiful. When you think about old fire trucks, that's kind of the image that I have of an old fire truck because of the pinstriping that you see on many of those it's always in gold of course and the gold leaf yeah. yeah 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 they're just so much fun and uh i mean what is it like to drive something like that uh, th- this one is frankly like driving a fast tractor up the road <laughs> a fast tractor <laughs> a fast tractor because it uh it ri- it rides like a brick the yeah. suspension is uh, stiff yeah, it shifts hard but it, it drives well. It's a good parade vehicle. Yeah. And it's relegated now to just occasional parades in the Hilton Head area. And, and occasionally I'll drive it to the neighborhood. We do have a holiday event that I uh, participate in, though, too, with Santa Claus. So that's that's always fun. Oh, fun. Yeah, they used to do that in my neighborhood. My kids were little. Uh, the fire local fire department here would put Santa Claus on the back and they drive around all the streets and Santa Claus would give out oh, yeah. and everything. The kids would just, you know, they ring the bells and fire up the sirens. And uh, oh, it was just a, a delightful thing. I wish they still did it, even though my kids have grown up. Exactly. I thought it was yeah. cool. So let's let me crawl into your head 
little bit here, Mark, and ask you a unique question. If you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality, the man in the mirror as a vehicle. What would you be and why? I'd probably be Mater from Cars, the Cars movie. <laughs> he, was the, he was the tow truck. Yes. Yeah. I think I've always liked trucks, and there's just something about wreckers to the rescue. Yeah. Folks are so relieved when that wrecker shows up. Yes. So I, I probably associate with Mater. <laughs> oh, how funny. You know what comes to mind in that scene is when they went cow tipping. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, fun, it's a fun movie. You got to watch it every couple Oh, it's creative. And yeah. every time yeah. you watch it, you see more and more things like the background of the mountains or old cars. And I mean, there's so many creative things in that film that are so much fun. So it's something you can bring back for uh, new kids as next generations come along. Uh, you know, I love to share a great book that you've read. You mentioned the the one originally we talked about with your, your mentor. Is there another great book you'd like to share with us? You know what I'd like to rather talk about is uh, actually on the book end of it, and it uh, though it's not a book I've read, but I'm waiting for it to get released, is a recently deceased member of our club, a gentleman named uh, Dr. Peter Frank. He wrote a book about his life and family and racing and car collecting that's coming out called Lead pass or get out of the way. <laughs> and he, and, and the reason I mentioned it because I thought it, uh, I could answer, well, here's a, I could answer your question. Here's a book that I like, but, uh, Dr. Frank was, uh, a devoted physician in this area for about 40 years in a neighboring town called Hardyville. And his son, AJ followed in his motorsports and car collecting footsteps. And, uh, and Dr. Frank, Knowing, having known him several years in our club, he is one of the most adventurous people I've ever met. He was killed uh, about uh, two years ago on a motorcycle accident oh, no. in, in Key West. And, and though his passing was premature, really premature, he passed away in the way that I think the musician Neil Young said best, better to burn out than fade away. Yes. And, and, and he was sorely missed. He was sorely missed definitely by his family and everyone in our club. But uh, that's something we're going to watch for uh, coming up this fall is the uh, publication of that book. Oh, great. Good. Well, I'll make sure I put that on your show notes page. I have a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 2,000 books recommended by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Wow. We'll, put, we'll put that on your list and I'll look for that when that comes out. Do you know who the publisher is going to be? I understand his... I, I asked his son on that, and he said, actually, it's published by him and his mother. Oh. Uh, so I'm not quite sure really who the actual, I'll say, publisher is. Yeah, I think I, I understand their self-publishing, so we'll see. Yeah, you can also do some uh, publishing through Amazon Books. I just had a guest on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, J.K. Kelly, a great book called Deadly Driver. It's kind of a thriller book. And uh, Amazon, you can go and publish self-published books through them as well. Uh, they're printed here in the U.S., so uh, maybe they're doing that. Very, very cool. Oh, yeah. We're going to go on what's called the ultimate drive, which is kind of a magical thought here. I have the power to allow you to pick any vehicle, any person to go with, and you'll be driving anywhere on the planet. Well, maybe even in outer space. You know, that guy named Elon did launch a Tesla out in outer space. I think that guy's still <laughs> out there heading somewhere past Mars now, uh, which is kind of fun. What was the ultimate drive going to look like for you? I got to say, it's still on my bucket list, but something definitely like a fuel dragster or funny car. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I was a huge fan in high school of drag racing. 
and I still watch NA, the NHRA on TV occasionally. Mm-hmm. And and I think you can still buy that driving experience down the Ocala, mm-hmm. Florida area. Yep. Uh, but it's that's on my bucket list. I've always loved uh, that dragster. High horsepower. I mean, that's the ultimate horsepower. It's scary to drive, but I'd love to get behind the wheel. Maybe a little tuned down version to <laughs> try yeah. it out, yeah. see what it's like. I've had many drag racers, including the great Don Garlitz here on Cars, yeah, as guests. And uh, yeah, and, and even uh, two young women, sisters, uh, one of them just had her first baby, which is pretty cool. But uh, they're drag racers, they're championship drag racers. Uh, yeah, as a kid, I did the same thing, Mark. I used to build a lot of models, and I loved building dragster and funny car models where the whole body would tip up and you could see the rails and the frame and the engine and everything underneath. Uh, it was pretty fun, but uh, you're braver than me. I'm not so sure. I I love driving cars. I've driven race cars and race vintage cars, but I'm not sure sure I want to get in a dragster. <laughs> that looks scary as heck to me. I mean, I don't know how those guys do that. And when you look at the the ethanol or the the modern dragsters, Nitr- holy yeah, nitrous, holy cow, they go fast. I don't know how they even figure out when to stop. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 crazy. You're doing a quarter mile in a little over three seconds. Oh, you gosh. Go. I mean. High, high school, high school, a fast quarter mile was about seven seconds. So they've cut the time in half and you go, it's just insane, I think. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, yeah. fun. I'd love to make that happen for you. And I think there are some places in the country you can go and, and drive kind of a detuned uh, rear engine rail dragster, which would be pretty darn fun. You've taken us on a fun ride today, Mark. I really appreciate your time today. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a success quote or a, a mantra with us? As a parting thought, I think one some of the biggest things in life to consider that I've learned is keep your family first, spend time with your kids. Uh, you know, it's so important today, and especially with uh, everything the you the world has gone through during the COVID, uh, it's important to really spend the time with the kids in, in a good way. And during the bad times, remember, all things must pass. And during the good times of the, your life, I'll say enjoy the ride. Absolutely. Great advice. And yeah, that's one of the silver linings out of this uh, disastrous COVID adventure. I'd say adventure, uh, tongue in cheek, obviously. We've been through is the importance of family and friends and spending time with them. And and maybe when we all come out of this, that will be the most valuable thing we remember uh, is to do that. Take the time to do that. Um, I know in our family, it's become even more important. You know, one of the great success quotes of the event that we're talking about today, the Hilton Head Concours, is life's finest moments, curated, elevated, and refined. So make sure you go to the Hilton Head Concours website. It's hhiconcours.com. Get yourself tickets if you find yourself in that part of the world or jump on a plane and go visit because this event is going to be amazing. It's November 5th, 6th, and 7th on beautiful Hilton Head Island. And when you're there, walk up to Mark and say, hey, you're the fire engine guy, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> there you go. I want to do a thank uh, thank you to uh, Lindsay Harrell, president of the Hilton Head Concord, for introducing me to Mark. She's brought some great guests on the show this week. There's going to be several more, so pay attention and listen up. Mark, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your adventures in life. It's been a real delight. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Hilton Head Concord de Elegance and Motoring Festival. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. This has been fun. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. 
For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!